From the newsroom of Impact Alpha, I'm Monique Aiken, and this is your Impact Briefing for Friday, May 19th. Today, Eunice Ajim, founder of Ajim Capital, speaks with David Bank about her personal journey to launch the fund and her mission to support tech entrepreneurs in her native Cameroon and across Africa. But first, here's what you need to know from the week in Impact Investing. The impact verification firm, Bluemark, announced its leaderboard of fund managers that it has assessed for their impact management practices. New to this year's list, AgDevCo, Blue Earth Capital, Calvert Impact Capital, and Naveen Fixed Income Impact. Bluemark has verified the impact management practices of 75 investors, managing a combined $209 billion in impact-oriented assets under management. Their Making the Mark report aims to benchmark top-tier practices for managing the impact of investments. Also this week, Neil Gregory, formerly of the International Finance Corporation, delivers investors' suggestions on how to avoid undershooting their environmental and social impact targets. And Jake Levy of London-based firm Snowball offered tips for navigating attribution, aggregation, and other challenges of impact measurement and accountability. Get all the tips and tricks on impactalpha.com. Commercially viable fusion energy took a step forward as Helion Energy committed to deliver fusion power to Microsoft in 2028. The power purchase agreement, the first such agreement for fusion energy, would deliver 50 megawatts of grid-connected electricity to Microsoft to power its data centers. Helion CEO David Kirtley said the agreement is binding and carries financial penalties if the company fails to deliver. Elliman Capital raised a $168 million fund to fight bias in asset management. The Oakland-based Fund of Funds trains managers in its portfolio to identify and flush out bias in their firms and their portfolio companies. Elliman's Darren Dodson says the firm has shown that uprooting bias unlocks financial and economic value. This week's guest, Yunus Ajim of Ajin Capital, is one of a dozen fellows in BC Include's cohort of emerging managers. Include aims to increase tenfold the 1.4% of U.S. assets under management by firms owned by women or people of color. David Bank caught up with Eunice, who has a compelling story of her path to raising an impact fund. Let's jump right into their conversation. I'm here with Eunice Ajim of Ajim Capital, and uh, welcome, Eunice. Thank you. And uh, just tell us a little bit of the story of how you came to start Agent Capital. You have a beautiful personal story. So just tell us how you how you started this. Yeah, definitely. So I'm originally from Cameroon out of Central Africa, and I moved to the United States 10 years ago as an international student. Um, I like to say I came with big goals and big dreams for what I see, I believe, to be the American dream. Right after college, um, being an international student, you have to get a regular job. So. Apple was my first hire, and I was excited, but about a year into it, I was like, this is not me. I've always been an entrepreneur at heart. Um, I've started multiple companies, even as a little girl. So the idea of just coming and having a regular job didn't just sit well with me. And in early 2017, I would say 2016, 2017, um, there were so many uh, 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 things on the news about Ubers and Airbnbs becoming billion dollar businesses. Um, and I was like, I want that. Like, that's my goal. Like, there's no way I'm going to become a billionaire climbing through the corporate ladder. So I eventually quit my job at Apple and started my first tech company. 
It was called DataGay, and it was a marketplace connecting data science professionals to SMEs. And I thought, man, I'm going to become one of the Airbnbs and the Ubers out there. But the reality of launching and growing a startup never goes that way. It comes with a lot of trial and tribulations. And um, eventually, that was my experience. Um, while pursuing my dream of building this company, um, I ran out of money. So I became homeless. I stopped my car payments because I just couldn't afford it. So my car got repossessed. Um, and I like to tell people that despite all of this, I always told myself that after the thunder and the rain, uh, and, and, and the rain, there's rainbow on the other side. So I will put my makeup on, wear my suit, and I will show up. And get on the bus. Get on the bus. To, <laughs> <laughs> to my meeting. And, and do it again another day. Exactly. Every single day. And it just happened that, and this is the time when I was fundraising, I just happened to meet an investor that saw my drive, um, understood you know, my ambitions, and he said, let's find a partnership, let's build what you're building right now. But I believe that it's a bigger market in open source. So I closed the first company and I joined him and as a CEO of this company. And within six months, we raised $750,000. Our second year, we raised 3.2 million and we grew the company to a multi-million dollar business with a lot of Fortune 500 companies as our clients. And so now you started a fund to invest in people like yourself, I guess, and, and, exactly. and com companies like that. Yeah, I think like my, I never even knew that I would become a VC or a fund manager. I think my experience, first of all, you know, raising money as a founder, I was like, oh my gosh, I see the possibility of what capital can do to you when, uh, can do to a company when you have access to that extra money to grow. So as we were growing as a startup, we hired an engineering team out of the continent, but we faced a lot of challenges and I started looking for opportunities to solve those problems. And I started finding a lot of uh, African tech startups like payroll, um, marketplaces for software engineers, cross-border payments, and I was just investing, like writing small checks, nothing crazy. Um, but obviously, I'm not a super wealthy, high net worth individuals. And the reality became that one of the biggest challenges that these African founders had was first, access to capital, second, access to resources, and just a broader network than what was available to them on the continent. So I made it a mission of mine to bridge the gap between access to capital, between Africa and the rest of the world. And that was really when Agim Capital was born. And so you, where are you at in the, in the uh, journey of Agim Capital now? Yeah, so Agim Capital launched earlier this year. We pre $10 million pre-seed and seed fund um, investing in tech and tech-enabled businesses on the continent. We had our first close earlier this year, um, and we have invested so far in four companies across prop tech, fintech, logistics, and, um, oh man, what's the fourth one? Oh, two fintechs. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we're in the due diligence process with like four more companies we plan on investing before the end of this year. But we're still fundraising, um, and I like to tell people that we are building, we're, we're making a movement. And the proof of that is even though I have no VC or PE experience, when we launched earlier this year, people listened to my story, people believed in me from across the internet. 
I'm telling people that I have not met a lot of my VCs and a lot of them, I do not know any of them prior to launching in January. Um, that can just tell you how many people believe that the next frontier is going to be the African continent. Biggest lesson, biggest triumph, biggest obstacle, what, what, what stands out in the, in the journey? I would say fundraising is definitely the most challenging, but um, when you decide that you want to build this kind of business, I think for me, you have to remember that this is not a one month or a one year or even five year success story. Like this is your life. Like you have to be able, every given fund have a life cycle of 10 years. And if you're going to do a fund one, fund two, fund three, that's already 20 years of your life. So I truly believe that it is a patience game. It is a relationship building kind of business. Um, and you build relationships over decades, not over months. So I'll just say for anybody thinking about it, um, if you're like me and I've learned the hard way, it's very different fundraising for a startup than it is fundraising for a fund. So just practice patience, continue to build relationships, and eventually things will fall apart. Back in those days when you were homeless and your car had been repossessed, did you think you'd be here? Never. It was not even a thought. Like, I did not see myself being here this fast and this early into my career. I always knew that it would take me time, but I didn't realize how much, um, like, how fast things can go when you really put your heart, your heart into something and work every day to make it happen. Beautiful. Well, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And that's going to do it for this week's Impact Briefing. Thanks to Eunice, David, and our producer, Isaac Silk. For the rest of our VC Include interviews, check out the links in the show notes. Ready to try Impact Alpha? Sign up for Impact Alpha Open free of charge directly at impactalpha.com. Want to go deeper? Grab a subscription and get full access to the site, Agents of Impact Calls, and the daily email brief. Just go to impactalpha.com subscribe and choose an annual subscription. Thank you for listening. I'm Anie Gakin, Managing Director for TIP, the Investment Integration Project. Be sure to check back for next week's briefing. And until then, take care.